God is definitely not someone that is being preached about in most churches. We tend to think that there is only A and B with God because there's only A and B with us. God's a lover and he's a forgiver, but I think a big misconception is that that's all that God is. God is as just as he is loving. Our minds can't even comprehend how great he is, how big he is, how fast he is. And the Bible tells us that he loves us, he is love, but the Bible also tells us to fear God. He's not our BFF. God is someone that loves us so much that uh, he will remove things out of our life that we hold on to. You do not define God. I do not define God. God is self-defining. God is not a matter of opinion. All right, so welcome to the Let God Die podcast. This is Josh. Hey, this is Calvin. And today our guest is Carl Fisher. Carl, who are you? What do you do? I'm Carl Fisher. I am the uh, owner of Alabaster Coffee Roaster and Tea Company. Uh, we're in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, North Central, uh, the home of ShopVac and the Little League World Series. Claims to fame. It's, you got to have something, and that's what we have. Do you guys have a sheets down there? We have sheets everywhere. Quite a few sheets. A couple uh, got, within miles of my house. You got Little League, sheets, and Alabaster Coffee. Yep. The trifecta. Come on. Come on, man. Like, you couldn't ask for more. Absolutely. This sounds like more and more like Canaan. Land of milk and honey. <laughs> All right. So, Carl, uh, how did you get into the whole coffee business? Was that kind of like the plan all along? Not not at all. So, uh, coffee was very much, I like to say it was not, like, it was not my plan A. Um, it was uh, never um, until very shortly before we started the shop. Um you know, even a, a consideration, um, being a, being a business owner or being in um, in the food service industry. I uh, I had originally uh, so I was a, a Penn State grad. I was a, so I was a music student. I went to school uh, declared as a, as a music ed major. I uh, played the violin. I wanted to be a high school orchestra teacher. You know, I had I had grown up in the church. I'd say through through kind of my upbringing. Uh, had a very uh, a very small idea of well, just what the idea of um, I would say what a call to ministry you know looks mm-hmm. like, and I would just say you know kind of out of my background, which I think uh, and I think many people would share uh, this feeling that um, you know my understanding was if you're called to ministry, you're called to be a pastor, um, and I didn't necessarily feel that, but uh, getting getting to Penn State within that first year. Um, I got involved in the, just the first Bible study that I had ever been a part of and really had a, a very close group of um, just really solid um, Christian friends that uh, you know, were really trying to, to live out their faith. And I got a, a really good understanding, I think, uh, of what that looked like. Um, and by the uh, approaching the end of my freshman year, I had started getting involved with a uh, with a young life organization, so I'd become a a leader um, in a wildlife the the middle school uh, kind of arm of young life mm-hmm. and and doing that in uh, in the state college area. And uh, I really approached a point of saying, um, you know, I didn't I really didn't believe anymore that I was supposed to be uh, an educator, um, but I was I was being called into to ministry somehow. You know, really reading scripture. Um, 
I felt like with a with a very new perspective, kind of for the first time, and being surrounded by people that that really took it seriously. Um, I wanted I wanted that. You know, I wanted I wanted to be that, and didn't really know what it meant. Talked with a bunch of friends and peers, and uh, prayed about it. Talked with my family about it, um, and really approached a place of I didn't know. Um, yeah, I just didn't know what I was I was supposed to be, but felt uh, felt like I should stay in state college, and I had a bunch of ministry opportunities in front of me, so I changed my major to uh, to just a music BA. You know, so I, had a, I was getting a, a, a performance degree in violin, um, and wanted to open up my uh, open up my schedule. You know, dropped about twenty five credits to graduate, um, so I could have more ministry opportunities. So doing mm-hmm. more with Young Life, got involved in my uh, my campus ministry, Alliance Christian Fellowship, which was a campus ministry of the Christian Missionary Alliance in State College. It was about thirty years old at the time, and a full campus church. Um, and kind of through that, got into some leadership there. became became an elder. Um, within that uh, that ministry, I was also pursuing music quite a bit at the time and performing and what that looked like. Ended up graduating. I became a licensed full time vocational youth pastor. Was um, oh, that something that you had a passion for and you wanted to do for a while, or was it something that you kind of just fell into, or it, was it something that there was pressure placed on to go was, into that? You know, there wasn't really pressure. It just it seemed like the the most sensical option. Mm-hmm. at the time um uh the band i was in we had done some touring and we all kind of talked and felt that you know touring and 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 uh being musicians and that and that uh you know outlet wasn't going to be what we were going to pursue mm-hmm. the the church that oversaw that campus ministry um had was sending their youth pastor into the mission field and there was a position open and so i looked at that and said all right well i i know this ministry um you know, i love doing ministry um and this is still you know there's there's the you know the youth and student aspect to it that, mm-hmm. I, that i've been doing so it made sense you know so i i applied and they hired me um so i did that for uh for a couple of years in state college uh and during that time really had this uh kind of change of heart to come home um i was uh again one that that said, you know, I looked at the city I grew up in, Williamsport, and said, I hate it there. I don't, I don't, I don't want to live there. I want to get as far away as I can and never go back. That, and, uh, that's interesting. Just, uh, I mean, because I see you now, and like, it feels like you have a big heart for the city. Um, uh, I, 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 I do, but yeah. uh, I didn't. Yeah. Um, at that time, and I, I, I very distinctly remember there was a specific day. Um, I was uh, I was giving the announcements on a Sunday morning in my church, and I remember looking at everyone in the church, and 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 in my head, I just I I I I felt this feeling of I don't I don't love these people, like I I care about them, but I don't I don't like I don't really love them, mm-hmm. um, and then my home came to mind. I said I. I really love those folks. Like I love the people in Williamsport, um, and, and I think that was God really uh, breaking and changing my heart um, toward my home in a, in a way that I I did not expect. And so when uh, when I came back here, I got involved in, in another church, different denomination, again doing. Uh, a number of different things, um, middle school ministry, 
college ministry, adult sports and rec, worship leading, summer mm-hmm. camps, and uh, and kind of through that time, um, you know, getting to see to see my city. Um, I think with again with a, with a fresh set of eyes, a fresh perspective, and you know, my best friends, we were doing ministry together on staff at this church, and we really started wrestling with uh, what we believe to be a call, uh, a ministry call from God to the city, uh, very specifically to Williamsport, a calling first to Williamsport, um, and and just toward um, toward the people. And, and, you know, the, the, the unreached people in, in the city, mm-hmm. um, we had, a you know, together had kind of followed this, uh, I guess this mantra, this saying, if you will. And, and I, and I don't know exactly who to, uh, to credit it to. I don't remember, but it was, if you want to reach people that no one's reaching, you have to do things that no one's doing. Um, you know, and we, we really wanted sure. to look at that and, uh, you know, Williamsport is not an underchurched area. Um, in terms of uh, the number of churches or available seats, you know, for people mm-hmm. to come, um, but there, there's a very low number of people um, attending these churches. Mm-hmm. And as we kind of wrestled through this call, um, I very much felt this call out of vocational ministry, um, which, which to me was odd because I, you know, I felt it was very opposite from a lot of folks in my life who, um, you know, they're, you know, there's this, there's this, maybe they're in a, in some type of, you know, marketplace vocation and then they feel this call to ministry. So it becomes a second career. And I felt like I was being led out of this. Um, and, you know, having really no business background, um, I never really wanted it. Which is always a cool thing when God calls you to things that you're just like, yeah, I never wanted to be there. But yeah, I, giving, but he, you know, like transforms your heart to yeah, be in that you place. Know, in, 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 and in business and, and in administration, um, my uh, my dad um, was, you know, his career, he was the, the essentially the CFO of, of a college. Um, so like business and administration was his, was his thing. Um, you know, and I love and adore my dad. I respect him. Um, so much, uh, but I like I wanted to be different. You know, I, I wanted to be different from my dad, so I always tried to stay away from those things. Um, but as we kind of wrestled with this call of, uh, so if I'm not supposed to be serving in this church, what am I supposed to do? I just I, I wanted to be in the city more and with people more. Um, just then, then my particular position um, kind of allowed me to. Uh, I, I really had a and have a, a heart. Um, toward folks that that are really just disinterested in in the church. Um, you know, I've been a part of very well resourced churches. Um, you know, well looked upon churches, but there are plenty of folks, uh, and I really believe that regardless of how how cool an event or something we can put on, um, if it's in a church, there are going to be people. That, be, be folks that are not interested in coming. Yeah. Um, and I think many for very valid reasons. You know, many folks have been, you know, they may have, uh, you know, suffered hurt from the church before. Maybe a lot of it's just ambivalence. Um, but again, very valid reasons. And I, I wanted to, to meet people, be able to meet them outside of the church mm-hmm. and, and try to have these relationships that were very real. I, I never liked the feeling of, when folks are like, "Hey, well, you know, what do you what do you do for a job?" and you you try to find these apologetic ways of of 
saying you're a pastor or like not saying you're a pastor because you don't want, you know, you still want folks to be real with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so coffee came about. I was a, I was a hobbyist, you know, I was a coffee hobbyist. I just, I really liked coffee. Um, and, uh, you know, I ex- experimented with different brew methods and things at home. I started roasting at home. Um, and, uh, and my wife and I, you know, so I was a youth pastor. She was a piano teacher. So we, we really weren't making much money. You know, we said, you know, at some point in life, it would be really cool to open up a coffee shop. You know, we could, we could do coffee. We could have this very communal place. We kind of get into music and art and, but just have this space that the community can, can gather. Uh, Wouldn't that be great? Like when we retire and have money. (laughs) Um, And so during, during all this time, um, you know, we uh, we found a uh, it was kind of a neighborhood coffee shop in Williamsport that was for sale on Craigslist, oh, um, really? and uh, and looked at that and said, "Huh, well, isn't that interesting?" Um, I didn't know people sold coffee shops on Craigslist or businesses you know. in general. <laughs> That's interesting. Got to move to Williamsport, man. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, it was that that Craigslist ad, and uh, like I said, just this uh, this 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 call to the city and and a, and a passion to be involved um and we just kept kind of running with that and and praying about it and you know really doing that all right you know god we feel like you've given us uh this desire you know and this passion we don't really feel like we have the means to do it right now mm-hmm. um but we're go- we're going to we're going to pursue this and trust that if this is not where you want us to go like you'll you'll shut it down um and and it hasn't gotten shut down yet but i think that like when it comes to ministry or like this type of ministry Mm -hmm. like there are different sets of challenges um as far as staying grounded and uh just kind of staying focused on why you do things in the first place yeah where uh if you're in like an actual ministry job vocational ministry job um i think it can still be easy to lose sight of like spending time with jesus um and, you know, like focusing on building your own relationship aside from just that being part of the job, you yeah. know, um, where with this type of ministry and, you know, it's not like a quote unquote ministry. Um, but, uh, I guess just like what, what has been like the difference of challenges for you personally from vocational ministry being grounded and this type of ministry, mm-hmm. like staying grounded in your faith? The, the challenges are, oh. They're, they're similar yet different. I would say in vocational ministry, you know, one of the one of the big challenges um, that that I know many folks can wrestle with that I wrestled with is, um, you know, you spend so like you spend so much time in scripture preparing, mm-hmm. you know, and studying. Um, it can it can be hard to kind of turn that part of your like you know just the the preparation and the study portion of your brain off and and really read it and be able to you know to still say you know i'm not trying to dissect this just you know just you know god op- you know open open my mind give me you know give me a, a fresh perspective and, and speak to me through this um you know just because it, it becomes it becomes work you know mm-hmm. like yeah. study study is work um you know, I saw that as a as a musician and through college when I was training that. You know, when I uh, when I finally graduated with my uh, with my violin degree, like I took some years years off. 
from playing the violin yeah. and played other instruments because like we just we needed a break um, because it was it was work for so long it wasn't really enjoyable mm-hmm. anymore. Right. So trying to find um, again vocational ministry, I think trying to still find that that joy um, in in reading scripture. So a challenge for me now, um, you know, in so in this, um, I guess I I think of it as like a a marketplace ministry. You know, kind of when I think about it to myself, if this is this is not, and very intentionally not a a, a ministry business. Um, you know, I was very explicit in explaining this to my church when I was stepping down from my position. Of I don't want this to be another Christian coffee shop like do not bring all your bible studies down here and tell all your folks to come down here like don't make don't make this a church ghetto um (laughs) because we like we're not we're not here for that yeah like we want to reach other other folks um you know that's reflected on my in my staff you know my staff are not all christians Mm -hmm. that's intentional um now, because my ministry is just as much to them as it is the rest of the city, and I know that they're going to be connected into different communities in the city that I'm not naturally going to be connected mm-hmm. into. Um, but I can also be myself. I don't hide anything about who I am or what I do. But it's great because now folks who are not Christians, you know, have zero care about the church in general, uh, but they've gotten to know me. Um, and so we have a very legitimate relationships and friendships. Um, and because we care about each other, we care about the things each other care about. You know, mm-hmm. so I have, I have some friends when they have us over for dinner, no interest in church at all. Um, but they're constantly asking me about what I'm doing within our church. You know, mm-hmm. they ask me to pray before our meals, not something that they do, but they want to, you know, I think show us that honor and respect, yeah. you know, for what we do, um, which is amazing. Um, but here, so actually getting back to your question and off my tangent, um, is, a you know, one of the big challenges I found here was that early on, so we've been in business, we opened in August of 2010. When we opened, I had, I had no clue what I was doing. I had no clue. Um, you know, I, 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 I had no business owning a business. Um, I had never worked in a coffee shop before. I had never even worked in food service before. Um, and here I was opening this coffee shop, you know, and I, I, I brought a friend along who had worked in coffee before to help with that end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I figured what I, what I brought to the table was uh, a little bit of experience in roasting and I just, I, and I knew people. So I was hoping that would be enough. When we started, I was very hyper aware that I didn't know anything, and you know, I was I was very aware that I was doing this very intentionally out of a belief that that God was calling me to this and had equipped us and resourced us uh, to be able to do this. This is what we were supposed to do, mm-hmm. um, and knowing that this is what we were supposed to do, and I didn't have a clue how to do it. Um, it was probably the most intentional and fruitful um, kind of prayer life that I've I've ever had because I had like I felt I had this feeling that I had to rely on God or I knew I was going to fail yeah because there was nothing nothing in me you know I I didn't feel like I had anything to offer to 
to make this be successful. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's kind of, that that has started to wane, you know, and in and in the sense that um, I'm no longer um, like fully ignorant of what it takes to run a business mm-hmm. now now that I've done it, um, you know, I I know the reports that I have to read and the projections that I have to make and, you know, the stuff that needs to get done and the staff that I have to lead um, and the things that, like, I need to do. Um, and I think the, the more, sometimes the more knowledge that you get, you know, your, your focus gets turned. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's been the, the biggest challenge. Um, and it, and it can be hard to recognize because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, that change in focus doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, you build and, and you're in it a little bit more and a little bit more. And again, you become more and more aware of, of what I have to do um, because this is my responsibility. Um, and that's, and that's, that's hard, you know, and that can be a very, um, you know, that can be a really heavy weight. Um, you know, feeling like this is your responsibility. Um, and while I do believe, you know, there is a very heavy responsibility on that, um, I need to, you know, also remember um, not to, like, not to forget God in this and not to forget my calling in this mm-hmm. um, because I have been called, I have been equipped, and I have been resourced. Um, and just because I'm more aware of what it takes, you know, mm-hmm. certainly doesn't... Um, negate um, my necessity for um, continual guidance you know, and continual mm-hmm. renewal. So, uh, Carl, as far as um, this being like an opportunity to, I know you mentioned a little bit about like getting to know people interpersonally. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share a little bit more about like what opportunities have come about as far as owning this, you know, not just business, but opportunity to make a difference like in the community and, uh, even worldwide. Yeah. So our, you know, really getting into this, um, like I said, it was, uh, you know, as a, it was out of a desire, um, to, to be present, you know, in our city. Um, you know, this, this shop is really launched alongside of, of our church, uh, city Alliance church. The shop started first. We were around for, let's say a year, year and a half, something like that. And then we started some, um, some small groups and some Bible studies, you know, kind of out of here uh, to see the church grow. And, um, you know, say the, you know, kind of the, um, the, the, the mission uh, of our church, we say is um, to transform Williamsport um, for the glory of God and the good of the city. Um, And that is really, you know, we, we share that heart um, the way we've um, articulated it here in the shop is, um, you know, to, to cultivate community through the elevation of, of coffee culture. Um, you know, we want to be uh, excellent and recognized within our industry. Um, but I also uh, want what we do. I realize it's a vehicle for ministry into the city and mm-hmm. around the world as well. Um, as we've gotten into some additional aspects of our business, uh, like roasting, we roast all of our own coffee. Um, I also source all of our coffee, and that has uh, it really opened up opportunities for me to do um, you know kind of direct sourcing, to visit some origin countries, to to meet farmers, um, and uh, I think really start to expand 
the reach that we have, um, as, as we've grown, I've seen uh, how much more of the supply chain, um, again, within coffee, we're able to have our hands in and to be able to, to make a difference in. And that's really important to me. I don't want to just um, have an impact on a, on a final product you know, or where it's at, mm-hmm. um, uh, because this is an industry that has been uh, commoditized for so long. It's not really been um, coffee as a as a specialty industry, you know, or a, um, really a luxury food industry in a lot of ways is, is very recent, you know, 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it employs millions of people around the world, um, uh, many uh, that that still live in fairly extreme levels of poverty, um, and again, my hope is that just like I, I would want to impact um, our our city and our and our and our, our immediate region uh, through you know partnerships that we have, I want to do that um, internationally as well. So we're able to do that through our, our you know, direct trade partnerships, um, but then we're also able to do things you know locally, um, like partnering with other organizations. Um, I have a very good friend who works with uh, with uh, the American Rescue Workers and and some of the shelters there. So trying to partner with them and um, you know get them coffee uh, when we can, um, you know trying trying to to give that you know really give that a little bit back. Um, uh, we want to do as much as we can to see all people treated with dignity um, and for folks to know that they matter, um, you know, regardless of um, if you're homeless or if you make a boatload of money, um, it, you know, ev- everyone should be, should be afforded that, that dignity and respect and, um, and we want to have that place where, where those two, you know, sometimes very, very opposite groups of, of people can come and sit at the same bar and sit at the same table. Um, and there's a, there's a normalcy there and there's a, there's a building in our, our community between those folks. Um, one of our, I think our most recent project, uh, we just got off the ground as a partnership with our local high school mm-hmm. um, that started we started talking about that about a year and a half ago with um, our school district's education foundation, um, where we had done some support with them because I'm a you know a very proud alum of our of our school district and I, I love the opportunities that they extend to students. I think we have got a great school um, and a great city, and I also just got tired of people talking down about both of those things. Um, and so, as an alum with a business that's being recognized in the city, um, we started talking about what you know is—is is there anything that I can do mm-hmm. that we can kind of partner together to bring some more awareness to to the school, to partnerships with businesses, maybe encourage other folks to do things like this too. And um, it's actually started um, a, a partnership with a with a program that we have at the high school called Complete. Um, uh, before that had been uh, known as this, the School to Work program, um, uh, primarily uh, focused towards students with uh, with IEPs. Um, you know, for whatever reason, but it's a lot of uh, vocational training. You know, getting students ready for the workforce yeah. a lot of times also. Um, and uh, so through through just a lot of trying to figure out what this could be, we decided to um, start what we call the franchise development program. Um, so essentially, seeing what uh, what starting a small business franchise could look like and treating Alabaster um, as, a, as the model for that. 
So we and, started. And that is focused particularly working with kids with IEPs? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I actually, uh, yeah, wasn't aware of that. I knew that you guys were partnering with okay. the schools, but I thought it was just kids that were interested in, in the business world or something. Okay. But yeah, I think that's great. Like just a yeah, and alongside. that's been that's been a, a great program to put together, and and seeing how really seeing how many students we could get involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we had uh, you know I drew up some very basic guidelines for um, so for a, a kind of a mobile coffee unit, mm-hmm. you know, um, and uh, our our school has an incredible um, uh, technical education program. Um, with class that they have. So we had uh, two primary students within the wood shop and then the metal shop areas built um, this coffee cart for us. Um, we applied for and won a grant and a number of um, of uh, you know, educational tax credit monies to go toward this um, to get uh, equipment and supplies. So we were able to outfit this with the same equipment that I would put in um, another shop you know, mm-hmm. that we were going to open, and I uh, spent the last couple months uh, training our first students. Um, so this is going to be all student; it'll be all student run and managed. Um, and so the you know they've been able to learn um, what small business looks like, even even to the point of um, you know what's the purpose of this, and now we need to build it, and now we need to staff it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we uh, we just had we had our grand opening yesterday. Nice, um, you know, and now it's and now it's really looking at at the the ongoing business structure of okay. So how do we how do we do inventory and how do we order things for the next week and how do we re- do our projection reports and how do we make this self funding? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been it's it's been an awesome uh, to see uh, how it's been received by uh, by the community, but also by the school. And and the school district, mm-hmm. um, it's been great. You know, so that's it's those types of, of programs that I I'm really uh, proud of and 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 uh, and really joyful that being in this this kind of career path. You know, those are the things that that it, that it also allows us to do. Yeah. You know, it's not just making coffee and being kind of you know one of those little social centers, um, but we we really want our presence. Um, to to be making a difference, mm-hmm. like entrepreneurship, I guess mm-hmm. for uh for a young generation to see what that looks like on a hands on level, like dude, that's gonna be such a privilege. Like I wish I had stuff like that for me when I was in high school. Cause like there are so many students that I know that have visions and dreams for things like that, but don't have a tangible way to put it or a place where they can exercise it. That doesn't require them to. I guess feel like they have to graduate college first before they can do all these hands-on things. I yeah. feel like if you have the hands-on training first, you can actually do a better job once you have the formal education. And like you're providing them that, dude. That's amazing. Uh, I, was just, I was just thinking about like uh, the, the passage of scripture that you know talks about like to whom much is given, much is required. Um, that that just keeps coming into mind. Where uh, I mean, I think I think of times that there were like different directions that I wanted my life to go, um, different, you know, opportunities. Um, and then in hindsight, you know, later on recognizing that, you know, maybe, maybe it was a matter of God withholding those from me because my heart wasn't prepared to actually accept, you know, I guess you could say the responsibility Mm -hmm. of having those opportunities. I think there have definitely been, been times that that's been the case. Um, just because, yeah, I wasn't, in a place where had he given me those doors that I would have actually 
like been a good steward of them? One of the things I, I do try to do um, when I'm given the opportunity um, to talk to folks with, um, you know, if there's if there's kind of this this feeling, this call toward ministry, especially if it's call, a call toward ministry um, through a um, non-vocational ministry, you know, kind of career, mm-hmm. um, is that it, it is still really hard like just because you uh you trust and believe that you're called to something doesn't mean that you know again just water you know the sea is not just parted yeah always so you can just walk through with with no issue whatsoever mm-hmm. um you know i've had some of the most difficult days of my life um in the last six years doing this and i'm plenty of questioning of like Am I like, and it's never been a question of am I supposed to do this? Because I believe that um, there are still days of do I really want? Do I want to do this? Um, and that's hard. And that's I mean that's me, me being very honest about it. Um, you know, I've the last couple of years I've I've felt myself really really drawn on a on a personal level to um, a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the stories of the prophets. <laughs> In, in scripture, um, you know, very few of the prophets like had it great, you know, mm-hmm. and just like had it going on. were probably really excited about what they were doing. Like some of them had it really, really hard, um, but they knew what they were called to do. Um, my uh, my pastor in in college, I remember our senior year, we would have breakfast uh, about once a week. Um, he and a, and a handful of us who were, were trying to discern whether there was a, you know, this uh, call to ministry or not. Mm-hmm. And I remember him telling us that, you know, be, be rock solid on, uh, on, on knowing your call um, because there are going to be days where you, like, you want to give up. And the only thing that's going to keep you in it is, is trusting and believing that this is what God's called you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know that's not that's not only true in in vocational you know ministry um mm-hmm. within the confines of a church uh, you know I, I wrestle with with the same thing um there are plenty of things about about this career and this job that i do not like yeah i wish i didn't have to deal with um that i struggle with i wish were different at the end of the day and at the end of every day, we believe this is where we're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and my wife and my, my kids are on board with that too. You know, this is not something that this is not a decision that I made in a vacuum and it's not a call, uh, that was made to, to just me. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a call that my, my wife shares, even though she, she's not on staff here. Um, we're in this together. I, I do believe that, you know, God called me to to my wife first. Um, you know, ahead of this, and and uh, I I do prioritize that. You know, I prioritize my wife and I prioritize my family above what happens here. Um, you know, I know that there are, you know, from a from a business perspective, there are decisions that I could have made for us to have different growth or maybe more. You know, we could yeah. do things differently, um, but we also decided very early on what's what some boundaries would be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love my family, um, and, and again, I believe I'm called to them first. Um, 
you know, and you know, I do think God may call me to, you know, it's entirely uh, possible for him to call me to a, to a different career. Um, but, you know, I believe I'm also, you know, certainly called to honor my family and, and, and be there for them. And it's, uh, uh, it's, it's awesome to have them on board, you know, also, and, and to be able to, to do this together and know that we're, uh, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. It hits home, uh, in a number of ways as far as I just keep thinking like that, that I'm not called to like, like what God's calling me to, you know, like just really we're called to obey, you know, like whatever that looks like. There's uh, a point in time, like a number of years ago that like God continually was put, just placing on my heart, like to, to kind of be like a bridge between people, you know, mm-hmm. just to connect people, you know? Um, and it really just like showed me that like, yeah, this is something that like I've enabled you to do that I want you to keep at. Um, and I was really hyper aware of the fact that like I was introducing people, like getting them connected to each other. Um, but I wasn't like sharing in that relationship that was built. Um, so there was a p- period of time that it just like kind of wrecked me. Um, cause I was just like, all right, I don't want a part of like, you know, this role that you've called me to. Um, and it was, it was just like a long time period of really struggling through that yeah, it, it might kind of sound weird, but I just had like this vivid picture of like me bridging people together and then like being set fire to like as, as and just like kind of disregarded. Um, and for whatever reason, it like really resonated with me to the point that I just like broke down crying at work. Um, and uh, for a while, I thought it was just kind of like this, um, I don't know, like spiritual attack or something, but um came to realize that it was just like it really God revealing to me that my heart was in the wrong place. Um, because like, here was this thing that, um, I knew that he was calling me to do. Um, but I didn't value it, you know? Um, so it kind of like changed my prayer life a lot. Like I went from, all right, like, can you give me something else? Um, to, all right, like I'm just not in the right place with this. Um, would you please, you know, shift that? Yeah. So yeah, I was thinking as just as you were saying that I feel like even a lot of us find ourselves in a place where we feel like our callings have to do with us. And uh in particular, I feel like for most of the prophets, their calling and their particular giftings really had nothing to do with them but the people that they were called to love and serve. And I feel like with that mindset, it helps you really like straighten out the actual reasons as to why you're doing what you're doing in the first place because like I feel like most pastors who have those particular giftings feel like well god's put me in this position and most people would say like you know to exalt me or like to bring me to a place where i'm closer to god but really what you're doing is taking the love of christ and you're you're you have the privilege of pouring that out to people who don't know and you're having the ability to basically speak life over people who are like looking and seeking to understand god more so like your calling has everything to do with them it has really nothing to do with you like though you have closeness and nearness to god and you are equipped like it, your calling has everything to do with the people that you're called to love around you. And I feel like that perspective has like shaped me like the past year or so with actually seeing the things that, that um that God's equipped me with as well. Like really it's nothing to do with me whatsoever. So Carl, anything that you wanna you wanna add in the context of yeah. uh, calling? I would say really, I think just a an, an encouragement. I believe that God calls every one of us um, to to work um 
God calls every one of us uh, to serve. Um, and as we do those things, um, you know, I fully believe, you know, we, we do those things um, to the glory of God, for the glory of God. Um, you know, we will find, we will find joy um, in those things, um, you know, and maybe not, maybe not constantly, you know, all the time, but we will find joy. Um, and I think a, 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 a really good word to me, um, I think, Josh, this is probably before I, I, I met you. I know there was um, um, a, a few weeks, some years ago, the, the, early, the early life of our church here. Um, we're really looking at, at, um, at Spencer, our, our pastor, really uh, drove in this idea of, of the difference um, between joy and happiness. Um, that I really laid this this great foundational piece um, for the growth of our church at this time. Um, really, this um, you know, his, his 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 words were: happiness um, is a symptom of circumstance. And joy is a, a product of our perspective. And you know, I heard that at uh, I think one of the first big times in the life of of me doing doing coffee as a career. Um, I was really starting to struggle um, and really feeling weight, and and honestly, really struggling at the time. I would say to to find happiness. I wasn't. I didn't really feel happy. And what I was doing, and I, and I thought that was something that I was missing. Um, and I was just kind of doing it out of out of duty, you know, in mm-hmm. a way. Um, but out of that, that that really challenged me, and continues to challenge me. That it's really not about my happiness, um, you know. But we, sh- I should be able to to find and be experiencing uh, joy in what I do. Um, you know, out of out of the, the calling that I know that God has given me, um, how He's equipped me, the people He's put around me, mm-hmm. um, and and the work that I get to partner in with with God, with the Holy Spirit um, in this city, like that that brings me joy. You know, and I will take joy over happiness any day. Um, so to be able to, to to find those things and knowing that. You know, our call and and our work, it doesn't have to be, you know, some of us are going to be called into into vocational uh, ministry. And that's and that's awesome. If that's where God has God is 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 calling you and placing you. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. If God is calling you and equipping you to be a, a teacher or to be a chef or to be a mechanic or whatever, that's awesome. And, and really, you know, I just say, you know, really strive to do those things, like, again, to the glory of God, for the glory of God. Um, really see and, you know, and see within within your career and within that vocation, like, how is, how is God uniquely equipping you um, to, to, to be a missionary, you know, to be a disciple um, in your community and, and in that specific like area of work Mm -hmm. um you know because you you will be placed there um for a purpose well thanks a ton carl yeah i appreciate you having me 
indeed. Um, if anyone wants to, uh, I don't know, follow Alabaster, what's what's the best way to go about that? Yeah, I mean, you can um, you can find you can find us all over uh, the internets um, at Alabaster Coffee. We've tried to corner just about every social media piece that way. Facebook, we're Alabaster Coffee. Twitter, we're Alabaster Coffee. Instagram, we're Alabaster Coffee. Snapchat, we're Alabaster Coffee. So hit us up. We'd lo- I'd, you know we'd love to continue um, you know any conversation. Um, you know whether it's I mean whether it's about strictly coffee and you want to know how to brew better coffee at home or like or if you've got questions about you know what how how do I glorify God in my job. You know, how, how do I do this? Um, you know, to, to very specific business questions. I mean, these are things that I, you know, still wrestle with. And, um, I love to, uh, I love to connect with, um, with other folks, uh, in business, you know, other entrepreneurs, other folks mm-hmm. that are maybe, you know, wrestling with how to do this. Um, you know what, you, you know, you, maybe you're, maybe you're somebody, um, it says, you know, I'm, I'm not in charge. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not. A leader. I don't have my own place. Um, you know, I'm an employee, um, and you know, I really struggle with with knowing my place in my job as a subordinate. You know, or how to honor my how to honor my boss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think those are those are great questions, and those can be hard questions too. So, yeah. I'd, you know, love to you know love to love to talk. Um, is there a way that people? Should contact you personally. Yeah, you can hit me at um, you know at uh, Carl K A R L at alabastercoffee dot com. That'll come right to me. All right. Don't uh, don't sell my email address. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Carl. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of Let God Die. If you'd like to help us out, you could share this episode. Check us out on LetGodDie.com. We have a contact page, and through that page, you can sign up for our email mailing list. Definitely check out next week's episode. Um, It's with Jody McAllister Humbles. And for those who know who Levi the Poet is, uh, Jody is his mother. Um, She is the author of the book Counting It Joy, where she shares about her uh, late husband's mental illness and eventual suicide Uh, it was a very heavy conversation um, but very real and uh, you don't want to miss that one thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it and until next time